We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome along to the Vast Basketball Show on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host here for the series. It is Zach Kruger. You can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. We'll be running through pretty much uh, everything that you need for your best ball season. Let the listeners know we're going to be running it for basically two shows a week, each Saturday and Monday, throughout uh, the next month or two at least. We're hoping to hit you with between kind of 14 and 15 of these shows to get you set up for success. On today's show, we are going to be covering Modified Zero RB. We have been teasing it throughout the series. We were wondering if it is a real thing, if it actually exists, and that's what we're going to put to the test today as we talk through it uh, and how it can help you, if it is a real thing, help you win in best ball formats in 2021. So I guess the first thing, Zach, to, to start things off with, is it a real thing? Um, people are wondering. Uh, I did pose the question actually to Twitter a little bit before we did this show and someone said it is real one elite running back in round one and then you draft about 40 wide receivers so uh, Colin I'm not quite sure if that's the exact definition but I would say that uh, the people who sometimes question the idea of modified zero RB uh, I think maybe the question that surrounds it is how can you say not to draft the running back early, not to take a running back in round one, but now you're going to tell me that it's okay to take a running back in round one. And what I think I view modified ZRB as is basically acknowledging that the ZRB approach is obviously a fine approach, but there are still certain parameters that it has to fall within. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our ZRB episode, which we did, I believe it was in episode three, definitely go back and listen to the ZRB episode where we talk about when we like to go ZRB because I think when you're drafting in a round, in the first round, if you're not following falling in what we consider to be the zero RB round, this is where maybe you still consider going zero RB, but you're doing it um, after selecting one of the elite running backs in the first round. Uh, it's almost kind of a requirement depending on where you're picking out of. Obviously, we're never going to take Tyree Kill in the 101 over Christian McCaffrey. That may be when we consider doing a modified zero RB approach as opposed to, um, you know, going going zero RB no matter what because we're just trying to stick to our preferred strategy or, <laughs> or make a point. Uh, I think that there's definitely validity in the strategy and it 
it's honestly a great way to obviously add that elite talent while still sticking to what we consider to be a, a more than solid strategy. Yeah, no, I agree. And we've mentioned on a couple of shows is about being able to uh, pivot depending on how the, the draft's fallen to you. know, Some people will call it zigging or zagging, or I, I tend to call it pivoting, where maybe it's not exactly the thing you've planned to do, but then the draft falls in a certain way, gives you these opportunities. You look through the road of his tools. It's telling you that this player uh, is the player to take at this point. And, uh, you know, it's all about using the information to make those uh, decisions rather than just going in and saying, like, I'm drafting no running backs in the first eight rounds. I'm zero RB, zero RB or nothing. That's not the way we do it. The way we do it is depending on where you're drafting and what is going to help you win your leagues because that's what it is all about at the end of the day. Uh, Modified zero RB, as you mentioned, for me, is basically a zero RB approach with a running back in that first round. And it's not just a running back in the first round. Like We're not picking a running back at spot 12. It is going to be one of those elite running backs. So pretty much I call it modified zero RB. Some people call it like... Um, you know elite zero rb it just depends on what people <laughs> want to call it but and te- i've heard i've heard anchor running back approach which i think is an interesting way to call it as well yeah that that's uh probably another correct enough way to describe it i think uh, for the brand we'll go with modified zero rb uh it's all about branding but uh when when we look at who we're taking like last year as a prime example a number of leagues that me and sean participated in together or separately uh might have drafted you know from the sixth spot through the spot eight and a lot of the time in those leagues Dalvin Cook was falling to those spots you might have got Alvin Kamara at spot six depending on how the league was going Um, and in those situations they were two players that we kind of had on our list that if we're getting those players at that point they are I guess if you want to call it the anchor they are the player that we're going with at that point and that zero RB can also mean like skipping the person who's at number four because you don't like them and it can mean pushing Dalvin Cook up to spot four which we did in one of our high stakes leagues last year and that was because we felt so strongly about his position and that really worked very very well for us last year now that those things sometimes don't work out uh, i can tell you about david johnson a couple of years ago that definitely didn't work out from the seventh spot uh, in those leagues but the the thought process behind it was still the same and that there's where we're going we're looking at zero or by rb so we're looking at one of those top end talents the running back position that gives you that kind of Uh, weekly starter and then we're going into our zero rb approach now that can be getting a tight end in round two or a tight end in round three and getting those wide receivers and ideally then we're stacking those wide receivers up or those pass catchers as i like to call it when we tag in those tight ends uh through those next kind of seven or eight rounds to, to build a successful roster so once we decide to draft that running back in round one we go with that zero rb approach we're carrying basically the zero rb approach on from there that we would have talked about the zero rb episode but uh then we're, we're filling that in with those other other positions and then we go back to running back a little bit later in the draft so in terms of the running back position um we know that we're talking about taking one of them in the first round but you know when we're looking at zero rb we've talked about like kind of waiting to after the seventh rate round to get that running back what that means for win rate when we're doing it from a zero rb approach um are we waiting longer uh to, to get that running back position are we fading it longer um what's your approach there uh, zach 
Uh, I think that one of the benefits to obviously a modified zero RB approach is the fact that you do get that elite running back early, which does possibly give you the option to maybe fade the position as a whole a little bit later on in your draft than you normally would. Obviously, we talked about zero RB being probably not drafting a a running back until at least round six or seven. Uh, In the previous show, when we had talked about that, we used the filters for um, taking a running back after round seven compared to before round seven. So if we take a look at that, um, if we use the Ross Construction Explorer again, uh, we can take a look that and see that running backs in round one um, and running back two after, or I'm sorry, running back one in round one and then running back two after round seven, we get an 8.9% win rate, which jumps to an 11.9% win rate if we decide to go with the six running back build. But if we move the running back two to after round eight, the overall win rate jumps a full percent to 9.9% with a 16.5% win rate. Again, if you go with a six running back build, I probably wouldn't be looking to take a running back much later than the eighth round to grab my running back too. But I do think that what we see here is a couple of different things. First of all, we see that you probably can fade the running back position just a little bit more. But then we also see that that anchor running back is, or the modified zero RB approach, however you decide to define it, is kind of showing that even with less running backs at the position, the win rates can still be boosted because we know that we have that elite running back in the first round already on our team. Um, what, what do you think about that column? Are you Will you usually have a few um, less running backs on a modified zero RB team, or will you consider waiting a little bit longer to take perhaps your RB2? That's the big thing is sometimes when you get into a zero RB build, when you get to round five, six, seven, it can be difficult when you're saying, I have no running backs on the roster. Now, I can guarantee you the more you draft as a zero running back drafter, the less that uh, kind of feeling pulls you in. But when you're doing those drafts, that can be the difficult part. When you have Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, somebody like that who you know, like, well, I have that guy it takes a little bit of that pressure off so when we're using the tools as well to make those draft decisions it does make it uh, a little bit easier as well because you can start to see who's going to be there at this spot particularly in the draft and like i mentioned on a previous episode if you're reverse engineering the draft with who might be there in round 14 who might be there in round 18 you will have your guys whether it's rookies for this year whether it's veteran players who are just later in the draft who fall into that zero rb category which can mean where we're looking at them and it is going to be a case where they're second on the depth chart they need an injury to work out to become uh, top of that depth chart we never want a player to get injured but like we touched in the zero rb article injuries happen at the running back position more frequently due to the punishment that goes on the body um, and and that's why this approach then does work so i would tend to uh, be going with um, similar but i would be much more confident in having that guy overall but i still think at needs to lean in towards that uh, zero RB approach but I would be waiting uh, pretty much to probably the eighth or ninth round at that point um, to make that second pick at the the running back position um, just because it's going to give me that little bit more confidence and rather than in the the previous model where we were talking about having to have those eight running backs to be able to have a, a lot of success with this particular one uh, for a six running back build if you wait after round eight it's going to jump that from 9.9 percent to 16.5 percent so you know you're starting to get into those uh, mid to high teen win percentages and um, they're the numbers that you want to be you want to be going with absolutely absolutely
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So when we look then at, uh, you know, basically two episodes, we've, I think at this point we can clarify that modified zero RB seems to be a thing. I think it is a thing. Um, and even as we record this, there is uh, replies coming in on Twitter. Uh, uh, there's a lot of interest and in, uh, gifts coming in to, <laughs> to go with the, the outcome. But um, in terms of when we look at zero RB and look at modified zero RB as part of the approach for, um, this series we're trying to make them kind of as evergreen as possible if you're listening to this the week before the season versus if you're listening to it you know in may that it's still going to have the same relevant information now this next part might uh, switch that up a little bit depending on adps but adps will shift um but depending on injuries these guys will probably still be in similar places at those times so i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some running backs that we tend to target in that range guys we like and uh, I'll, I'll let you um, have first dibs on, on going through some of the guys that you do like, Zach, and, and that particular kind of lit, lit running back range. Sure. So uh, what I went ahead and did, and just prepping for the show notes, I went ahead and I just pulled running backs who are going around the beginning of the seventh round all the way up until the 13th round. Um, so we're, we're looking at roughly the range of 74th overall to 150th overall, which I think gives you a really nice range of some decent players who you might be picking in these rounds if you did opt to go with the zero running back or even a modified zero running back approach. Uh, without reading off all the names, just at the top of the list here, you got guys like Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette, Michael Carter, and Trey Sermon are some of the first players going in the seventh, eighth, even the ninth round range. Um, and then towards the back end of that, close to the pick 150, you got guys like Alexander Madison, Kenny Gainwell, and J.D. McKissick. So it's a good range of players. Uh, one guy who I've been kind of chasing a little bit all offseason is Leonard Fournette, mainly because of the way that we watched him dominate in the in the postseason this past year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, they went on to win the Super Bowl with him, and Super Bowl Lenny, as I think he now goes by, had uh, one of the highest scoring, actually not one of, but he had the highest scoring PPR season for a fantasy running back uh, in postseason history since 2000. Now, you may be wondering how I know that. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I can tell you that if you go over to the road of this screener, you can actually search the weeks uh, during the playoffs. So if you just search over the uh, the last several years dating back to 2000, you can look and see over the course of the playoff season who has scored the most PPR points, and you will find Leonard Fournette at number one. Obviously, his start to 2020 was not a great one, but we did see him use down the stretch. He's re-signing with the Buccaneers. I think that he's going to be a very viable player who at the worst is maybe going to be a committee member with Ronald Jones and possibly even sprinkling in some Gio Bernard there. But I do think that Leonard Fournette 
proved himself more than capable of handling the workload for the Buccaneers if that's a route they choose to go. I think he has a lot of upside should an injury occur to a player and that he still has some standalone value even if something, you know, even if all the running backs in the Tampa Bay backfield stay healthy. So he's a guy I'm targeting and I hope I'm not too overexposed to him by the time the the dust has settled on the draft season. How about yourself? Yeah, that one is one that like, you know, we talk about what the metrics are telling us that Leonard Fournette that's one that's going to hurt my heart because obviously we have Ronald Jones there as well but I, I have to agree with what you mentioned down the stretch and throughout the playoff run how things worked out there there's a lot of running backs that'll go in these ranges where you'll see the likes of Leonard Fournette Ronald Jones not a huge amount between them a couple of rounds between them um, we'll see you guys then um, and that like there's three San Francisco running backs going in that range we have Trey Sermon we have um, Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson all going kind of off the board in those areas so we start to see guys you know in those bunched up backfields who comes out on top and who ends up being uh, the guy that gets the most work or do we end up with a, an entire season where they're they're all splitting the carries um, so it's always interesting to see how those backfields do shake out the guy that I really like in this range uh, just recently drafted and that's Michael Carter I think there's a a road there for him to get a lot of work this year on the Jets um, you know he's going at 91 overall basically in terms of draft position and I think it's a really interesting spot um, for him there a couple of other guys that are interesting in there that I think uh, could have big big seasons uh, Tony Pollard's always been somebody who we've looked at from a zero RB perspective obviously we don't want anything to happen to Ezekiel Elliott but Pollard has shown that he has standalone value at times. He has shown that he can make explosive plays at the NFL level. And I think whether, uh, still, let's say hopefully something works out from in Dallas this year, but I think that if he gets out of Dallas after his rookie contract, I think he's somebody who could be a really, really explosive uh, playmaker. So I, I really like Pollard there as well. And I'd be remiss to to mention if, uh, if we didn't say some of uh, my favorite pass cats and running backs uh, over the last couple of years and then over last year Naheem Hines is somebody I've always liked um I'll probably keep continuing to have uh, shots at him this year uh, and JD McKissick had a, a very strong PPR season last year um still think that there's going to be uh, value in him at such a late spot in those drafts there will be those spike weeks so um that, that's gonna be interesting if you're looking at just zero RB candidates I mentioned how much we liked Dalvin Cook last year again zero RB this is where the misunderstanding is we're not hoping for injuries but they do happen uh, Alexander Madison um, has shown that he can make some big plays as well so another interesting person in that very late range you know going at pick 142 almost uh, in terms of ADP so I find uh, those guys interesting any of those that I mentioned that that you like or is there anyone else on the list that uh, you want to highlight uh, so the only other guy who I wanted to mention real quick, and I'm going to also just touch on J.D. McKissick, but uh, is Gus Edwards. Uh, it's, it's no secret that the Ravens have been one of the most run-heavy teams in the league since Lamar Jackson became the starter. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram is now gone, not that he posed much of a threat to begin with, and the Ravens did not add any running backs in the draft. So right now the backfield looks to be J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards as a two um, you know, spearheading that operation in Baltimore. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is going to take his fair share of rushes during the season. But Gus Edwards, I think, is another one of those players who definitely has standalone value uh, in that Baltimore offense. And then in the event that something were to go south for J.K. Dobbins, Edwards is going to probably step in and fill that role of 15-plus touches a game in one of the more run-heavier offenses in the league. And then to touch on J.D. McKissick, I had posted, actually, this is just kind of more for 
my own comedic enjoyment, but I think it was a funny point to make. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but I, Jared Patterson, after the draft, he went undrafted. He was a rookie running back out of Buffalo. He signed with Washington. And I think that Jared Patterson has potentially a path to see meaningful touches um, if, he, if he makes a roster for the Washington football team. But I just posted a tweet that said, if Jared, Jared Patterson makes a Washington football team, his path to touches is less muddy than most. Gibson is obviously in the way. Obviously, that's Antonio Gibson. But who's toting the rock if Gibson goes down? Hint, it's not J.D. McKissick. Uh, that tweet has four favorites. One of them is J.D. McKissick, who favored that tweet. <laughs> so <laughs> we've... Uh, <laughs> We've, we've, we've become good friends over the last 24 hours, but I do like J.D. McKissick. Maybe I should have told him that I think that he can uh, obviously play a, a key role in the pass-catching game, but I did think that was pretty funny. Obviously, I do like McKissick at his value, going at 150.5 overall. Uh, I believe he, he caught like 80 passes last year or something close to that, and I just think that he's certainly a good value and obviously a player we should still be chasing in, in PPR formats as a zero RB candidate. Yeah, and he's one of those sort of guys um, that you know he doesn't have to be a three down running back um he can just do his pass catching role he's probably not going to get in there like we've seen guys before like you know chris thompson um we've seen Gio bernard get you know runs between the tackles but the main majority of his success has come as a pass catching running back i mentioned hines we've seen guys like Tariq cohen you know we see these guys get those opportunities and uh, you know, if you're getting 60 or 80 receptions a year, that there's those points in PPR formats plus whatever comes after it. You know, if there's touchdowns in there, um, you know, and then the yards, they put up. it's just like uh, those are the guys that I like to be getting in those later rounds. And I think it's really going to help uh, bolster those lineups. The one thing I will ask before we wrap up in terms of uh, zero RB or modified zero RB, I'll hold my hands up the pretty much all of my lineups will fall into one of these two categories. And I know people will say like, well, basically you're saying you're going to draft no running backs to the seventh or eighth round, or you're going to draft a running back and then wait. But most people will start their drafts by going, you know, maybe running back, running back, or it could be wide receiver, running back, running back, or, you know, whatever way they're broken up. It could be a running back in the fourth round, running back in the fifth round. I'm pretty confident in most of the drafts that I'll do over the entire rest of this off season will be probably one of those two formats. And then, the elite tight end format sprinkled in as well some of those uh, zero rb teams might have an elite tight end in as well because they do cross over at that area um, in those early rounds but for you is that there the the approach that you'll take most of the time where it's going to be either uh you know tight end wide receiver or running back in round one and then probably you're looking between tight ends and wide receivers for six picks between rounds two and round seven at the kind of start of most of your drafts yeah that's definitely the approach i'm looking to go more often than not um mainly because if i feel that if i don't go zero rb or modify zero rb i may become that jamal adams locked out of the jets facility video where i'm just not allowed <laughs> back in the road of his anymore but uh no I, I i that's usually the approach where i'm going i i am obviously a firm believer in both the zero rb and modified zero rb strategies uh, in the full PPR formats. And again, if we're talking strictly FFPC, the Titan Premium, I really think just gives you more ways to kind of win at your later spots in the draft, even if you don't want to go wide receiver. You can go with that elite tight end and and add that upside. Really, for me, I think the cutoff is generally around the 101 to the 106, maybe the 107, where I'll consider taking a running back. And then after that, 
I'm going to probably go wide receiver tight end and look to do more of the modified zero RB or zero RB approach, depending on what I have there. It's, it's a preferred strategy of mine. And obviously they're always fun to post on Twitter afterwards. So you can get those interactions <laughs> up and have everybody tell you how smart you look. Yeah, exactly. Um, you'll either be told how smart you are or how stupid you are. It'll be, it'll be one of the two. Um, and for me, it's usually the latter, but in terms of this one, this has been modified zero RB. We mentioned that we're going to, take our way through a, a range of different subjects, a range of different topics. And uh, if you haven't listened into the series so far, this is episode five. Head on back, listen through the other shows. We will be taking uh, more shows your way. We're hoping to do probably uh, 14 or 15 of these throughout the, the next couple of weeks. We're dropping two shows a week. It's Monday and Saturday. Uh, they will be available on Rotoviz Radio's main podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe to that to get these and all the other great podcasts that come out on a weekly basis. We'll also have a podcast directory page for this season up in uh, rotaviz.com uh, on the website and of course uh, like all the podcasts i do uh, i'll be tweeting them out uh, quite frequently so if you want to check them out uh, head on over to add over time Ireland, you'll be able to see them there and as always i want to finish the show by letting you know as a, a rotaviz listener as a loyal podcast listener you can save yourself 10 percent off a one-year rotaviz subscription all you have to do is add the discount code rv radio 2021 at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information of course you can drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app we always appreciate those so i want to thank my co-host here zach Kruger, who you can follow on twitter at zk underscore ffb of course my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and until we're back with the next episode in the series of course have a good one